Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. So the Bruins defeated the Carolina Hurricanes in their uh, best-of-seven series. Uh, I believe they did it in five or six games. It was five. Yeah, okay. <laughs> five games. That'd be one, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they did it. Hooray. Um, what were you guys looking back at that whole series? We're, this is off the rails. Holy fuck. Back to Brews and Bruins. I am Drew Johnson. This is episode 28, presented by Bruins Diehards. We got it this time. Past couple episodes, we did not say, wow, Chris is really, oh, Chris is trying to catch up. He said, how many beers in 45 minutes? I told him at least five. There's one down the table, Chris. I feel terrible now. (laughs) That's well, that, that, that's Chris and Cam back with us once again, <laughs> though. We have Nick Lanciani. Uh, how's it going, Nick? It's going good. How about you? I'm uh, just hanging out here, so you know, if you do your thing. I'm tired. Me. Cam's hammered. Chris is trying to be hammered. I did not um, think welcome. ahead about how <laughs> hard it's going to be to talk now that I have that much, that much uh, beer bubble in my stomach. I'm struggling to even get my beer open because I cut my nails today, so now I've got, like, nothing to rip things are open you, with. Lance, are you a nail clipper kind of guy, or are you just, like, a savage like the rest of us who's ripping them off? Well, I don't tend to bite them off. I will take care of hangnails like that if I have to. Yeah, but uh, if it's brought to that. Yeah. Clippers are nothing here because... I'm an avid nail biter. Mine grow really fast. I'm more of a picker than a bite. I don't really... It's not a mad thing for me. It's just, like, I just, you know, I just tear. But anyway, and welcome, so welcome to, to Anatomy 101. I'm a, I'm a nail clippers guy. What are you guys doing? Yeah, I, I, right. that doesn't surprise me. Civilized, though, Chris. I'm not gonna lie. I, I I imagine Chris like going to bed before any like measures. He's like, oh, it's almost three millimeters. It's almost time to clip. But he's like not there. You know what I mean? He's got it marked on his calendar when he knows I, it's gonna be. Like, I actually I actually clip my fingernails, but bite my toenails. So, <laughs> so, like, go against the grain. <laughs> You know, like a normal person. Yeah. Uh, yes. Can't, Welcome to our podcast about hockey. Can't conform sure. to social norms. Um. Anyway, what are you guys drinking? Okay, let me go first. Or what have you drank, Cam? <laughs> let, let me go first, because I have. This one's for Colin. Uh, Ooh. This is a Stone Modern Times collaboration called Wizards and Gargoyles Hazy Coffee IPA. Yeah, Colin's going to be rolling over in his grave. And it is actually, delicious. Dead, but so. but this is not the first beer I drank on the podcast. I actually chugged that beer uh, for Colin as well because it is a PBR, and I really wanted to play both sides because uh, I kind of feel like Colin's our boss, even though I know he's not our boss, but like he's kind of de facto in charge of everything ridiculous that goes on at Bruins Diehards, and I feel like we are 
squarely in the middle of something ridiculous that happens at Bruins diehards. I think we're leading the charge in. <laughs> I don't know if ridiculous is right word. I would I would go with more bullshit, but yeah, that <laughs> either one ridiculous <laughs> bullshit. Maybe together it's a team combo. But I was gonna say if I might add ridiculous. No, that can't be it. Also, hi Colin, please like me. <laughs> <laughs> Same dude. I don't know. He's fired me like seven times, so I'm. I just refuse to acknowledge it, so here we are. <laughs> yeah, just make sure you're on his good side. Uh, I guess I'll take over then. I am drinking... All right, I'm going to be honest with you. The, the can has... So it's called the Looming Illusion, but on the can, I don't know, you guys can see, I guess, maybe, but the top, so one of them is it. written backwards, and then on the bottom, the other word is written backwards, so I don't know which one's supposed to be backwards. Uh, but it looks Especially like it's made by Cam. Deep. Cam, those are all forward. You're just <laughs> no, drunk. No no, 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 do not, do not slander me like this. You guys can see it. Uh, you anyways, said before we started brewing. recording that you're just going to be an asshole to me. So Drew's getting preemptive strike there. Anyway, yeah, Chris, Drew's like covering his tracks before he even makes them. That's a smart play. Uh, anyway, it's a sour <laughs> beer. I, you guys know me. If you've listened to the podcast before, I love my sours. This is definitely one of the smoother ones I've had. It doesn't – it's definitely, like, on the scale of sours, it's more toward the sour side. You know what I mean? It actually, like, feels like a literal sour flavor, but it delivers it in, like, a smooth and crisp way. It's not, like, a punch and a flavor. It's all one thing, uh, which I really like. Plus the can. I mean, who doesn't love a good can and craft beer? It's very well done. It's really so trippy. Give it to, uh, uh, rabbit there. Yeah, it's definitely got some, like, Alice in Wonderland vibes for sure. It's oh, yeah. a trippy rabbit. Because we're into good podcasting, uh, I got this. Uh, this is what the can oh, looks I love like. That. Yeah, it's like a, it's like an old video game kind of. It's like, like a, a yeah, like it's a, like a, a pixelated, sunset pixelated castle on a hill. <laughs> Shout out Nintendo. Yeah, it's actually the David Krejci City upon a Hill, but it's castle right, we'll back to that one later. Krejci four six. <laughs> later on, uh, Shout, Nick, what you got to drink? I have in my hands a Cold Harbor Brewing Company Novocaine, which is an 8% double IPA, and that is all you need to know. All right. (laughs) (laughs) They're based in my town, which I won't say because you can just Google it and then stalk me if you feel like it. But yeah, (laughs) shout out local breweries. So here I got a, I I don't know, this is the first time I'm looking at, uh, Timber Yard Brewing Company, the Lazy Lightning Session IPA, randomly found this in my fridge. Uh, It says, we are thrilled to to share our beer with you. Keep it cold and enjoy it in good health with good friends. So uh, I guess see you guys later. I got to (laughs) go find some good friends. I'm sorry you're doing uh, neither of those things. I also have to find some good health in this pandemic-ridden world right now. (laughs) Um, ah, damn it. It's only 4.7%. I'm never going to catch up to camp. <laughs> yeah, that's what the session IPA is, man. It's uh, you're, you're drinking half of a, a Nick beer right now. Exactly. Yeah, I just found it in my fridge, man. I don't know. Who's there? It's <laughs> good. It's going to be their next commercial. Right hey, how do you like it? Eight. I just found it in my fridge, man. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Buy Fuck our you, beer. <laughs> Fuck off. All right, so <laughs> moving on from that, headbands uh, for the we, boys. Headbands, headbands. <laughs> we're still, we're just gonna keep talking about stuff that <laughs> listeners can't see. Um, Welcome to the Bruce Bruins <laughs> podcast, presented by Bruins. Cam, Cam and Chris just love me so much that they decided to go the headband route. Yeah. Um, I'm copying you in the growing my hair out part. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Headbands Everyone here's just trying to be me. Actually. You know, it's it's understandable. 
everyone here knows that I'm the favorite co-host. So it's quite literally uh, listed in my bio that I'm the worst. So you guys can't mm. you can't take that from me. Cam, I know it's not in my position, but you're fired. Anyway, Thank you. I, you know what? I think Nick, anyone I am has firing. The, the, my, I'm pre-firing myself. So yeah, anybody has the ability to fire Cam. <laughs> Any guest on the podcast has the uh, fire, has authority, the authority to fire, and, Cam. and almost the responsibility to fire me. When you really think about it, but yeah, let's let's talk. Cam about is canceled. All right, should we talk about hockey? Oh uh, yeah, not hockey. to make no, this a Cam podcast. Not to make this a hockey podcast. But, uh, <laughs> we have some hockey, so the Bruins. We don't have a fucking plan for any of this, so I'm just gonna. As the, I, I feel like I'm gonna be the most sober person on this episode, so I'm just gonna. <laughs> I'm gonna lead the way. Um, Agenda free Friday, but on uh, Monday. So the Bruins defeated the Carolina Hurricanes in their uh, best yeah, of seven did. series. Uh, I believe they did it in five or six games. It was five. Five games. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five. <laughs> Thank you. Um, <laughs> so they did it. Hooray. Um, were you guys looking back at that whole series? We're, this is off the rails. Holy fuck. Um, <laughs> looking back at that series, what are your guys' thoughts? Just in hindsight. Lancey. Anything. Well, I was what? right in that it would go five games. Ooh. Just did you say Canes in five games, though? I did. If, if you listened to my show, you would have heard that I said Hurricanes in five because, well, I gave all the reasons then. But that's not what happened. It, instead, it was the Bruins in five, which, I mean, being on the Bruins and Bruins podcast, I have no problems with. And also being from here, again, no problems with. And looking it's at not the, what I was expecting. Looking at the fat head behind you on your wall. <laughs> yeah. Exactly, uh, exactly what I was going to say. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, we... I think there was the overwhelming sense, like going into the playoffs, that we should not take too seriously the round robin games. But it's so hard not to get sucked into that. And I think just about everybody, especially in like professional hockey media, got sucked into that. And it was like, wow, suddenly the best team in the regular season kind of sucks now. And so I think everybody just kind of picked against them. Look at that, Chris calling me professional. <laughs> yeah, uh, so that wasn't entirely my reasoning. You're which, more professional you than into. us. <laughs> um, but no. yeah, I, I mean, I I did also think that Carolina's top line was going to match up well with the Bruins' top line, and they're just so deep defensively, especially with Dougie Hamilton coming back. I think that team's going to be really good for a long time now. But uh, yeah, I mean, the, the difference just not now. Yeah, the the difference wasn't super evident on the ice that like the Bruins were uh, such a better team but they they just closed it out a little bit better and and, and those mm-hmm. games were all pretty close so it's not like the Bruins absolutely thrashed them Carolina had the makings of a magical season and they just didn't finish it off because you know Bruins they've had all the playoff experience coming into things and obviously goaltending but you know as, as much as people want to take shots at James Reimer and Peter Mrazek they did pretty well with the yeah. Hurricanes all season yeah the like if you look at their stats for the series too it wasn't bad overall it was just kind of james reimer giving up those goals like in the way that he did that was kind of the issue and it like right. timely saves are such a big deal in the playoffs and neither of those guys really can he win it. the big games <laughs> <laughs> shouts to halak for being able to win the big game and then the, the other part of that to remember of course and i don't want to bring the mood down because it, it will play into the second round matchup but 
are the Bruins kind of like the New York Islanders at this point in playing, quote, boring hockey? Oh, 100%. Uh, I, I watched the Islanders, and I was like, the, they do the exact same thing that the Bruins do, and I don't think they do it better because they don't really have that top-end talent. But, yeah, they, they kind of just like to set, like sit down and score. Oh, we score scored three the... goals. We don't need any more. That's, yeah, yeah. We just do this. <laughs> it's like, no, you should still play offense because <laughs> three-goal lead is the most dangerous in hockey. We've determined on both sides of the border now. Yeah, I, I think Toronto's known that for a while. <laughs> they yeah. figured that one out. Uh, I don't know. I mean, all right, cool. So uh, I thought I was, uh, I was <laughs> never, <laughs> I was never like you. You had said, Chris, that the games were like pretty close the whole way. Uh, I never felt fully confident in any <laughs> game, even with the lead. Um, but I also didn't feel like hopeless whenever they didn't have the lead. Uh, we had that episode right after that amazing third period um, game four comeback. And uh, yeah, it's not like I was like, okay, cool. They're for sure coming back. But I was like, you know what? They're not out of this. Like it, it felt like both teams were very evenly matched up. Obviously the, the Bruins had the edge. That's why they won in five games uh, or, or six or, or seven. I forget. No. Um, in five or in four. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, you know, I thought it was a pretty tight series going into it. I was a little skeptical on how it was going to go. I, I thought it was going to go seven, to be honest, I thought it would take at least six. I thought the Bruins would definitely come out on top of that, but, uh, yeah, I wasn't expecting them to, they, they didn't dominate, but if you look at a, a series that only went five games that they won, it kind of feels like they did, but all those games were close. So yeah, I, I approached the first round, like the second round. The shorter it is, the less in favor of the, it is for the Bruins. The longer mm. it is, probably the more in favor it is for the Bruins. Anyway, Chris, I interrupted you. Oh no, it's it's good. I just uh, it's one of those revisionist history kind of things where like people who didn't really watch the games in their entirety and will kind of look back and be like, oh yeah, the Bruins absolutely crushed the Hurricanes. But no, it was a really good team that lost perhaps their best player in the midst of it. And yeah, I mean like. It, it was a close series and I, I think closer than a lot of people are giving it credit for. And one of the reasons why the, the lightning present a much bigger challenge and why that, that could be a, a different kind of series. And I mean, I think one thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to the, the lightning series, well, I guess it kind of includes the lightning series as well so far, because we have at this point seen game one, um, the Bruins are really fucking bad at five on six um <laughs> giving up a shit ton of goals when the opponent pulls their goalie kind of a trend <laughs> Cam from opened last his year. mouth to say something and <laughs> he opened his mouth as if he was gonna say something and then just closed it grinned and nodded <laughs> i saw lancy starting i didn't want to cut off our guests guys come on <laughs> like, you can cut me off everyone normally does it's fine no, go ahead, Lindsay. No, go. No, no. I'd, I'd rather I'd rather hear your point than Cam's right now. I literally so. only had those like two sentences that I just said. Well, they're gone now. Again. It's let's fine. Again. Let's repeat it. Um. Oh well, I just said that's like last year. Is that they were terrible when there was an empty net? Like they only hit it maybe once or twice, and then all the rest of the time it was like, okay, Nordstrom's out there doing great defense in his own zone, but no one can hit the net. Cool. 
I have like mixed feelings in general about like pulling the goalie because I feel like statistically like it doesn't work that well for you. I don't know. Maybe that's like a last last ditch ever, but like I feel like a lot of teams do it too early. But then I see teams do it against the Bruins, and I'm like, ah, maybe it does have. Maybe some they should talent. do it with like ten minutes. Maybe left they should like just start doing it in the first. <laughs> are you a Patrick Wah or are you the Tampa Bay Lightning? Yeah, actually, though, like yeah. <laughs> Oh man, there was—I forget which game I was watching. Not to cut you off, Cam. We can go right back to what you're saying. This is really quick, but I, w- I was watching one game, and there was a team that had—they were down by two goals, and there was like five minutes left, and they went on the power play, and they didn't pull the goalie. And I'm thinking, like, why the hell not? That's just like a weird strategic so, thing. There, right? There's a—I mean, like there's a small, like I suppose, thing. like feeling that the PKers could just fling it down ice no like repercussions um and also like why not just like use the power play hope that works you have the extra you have the extra skater so you can have that guy kind of float outside the line and bring back i mean like really really cut down the angle yeah if you if you (laughs) no but like if you are not completely stupid like if you're going six on three like no i'm being serious here like just (laughs) geometrically speaking if you're not a complete idiot with how you move the puck, you, you will create odd man opportunities there where you have, you know what I mean? Like, you shouldn't be giving the puck away on a six-on-three if you are yeah, and, remotely like, smart the, with the puck. If, like, if you look at how the Bruins played that second power play yeah, like, in game one against the Lightning, like, imagine oh. that with an extra skater. Like, there's no yeah. way they're giving up the puck. So. Exactly. And, and if you do, it's not to a player who's going to have an opportunity I mean, again, there's the bare luck of, like, you fling it down the ice and it takes a weird bounce off the boards. But, like, if player X grabs that in the corner and they've got, after, you know, being embarrassed, I would assume, by six guys just passing around them, like, it's nobody's business, the odds of you hitting the net just whipping it out are pretty slim. But but I do get the risk for sure. Does player X also stay at team? At a hotel yeah. X, and no, actually hotel Y, <laughs> and he plays for Team really, X, the place really complicated. Team. Yeah, really complicated. X and Y, great album. <laughs> uh, I guess I'll share my thoughts in the Carolina series now. That's okay, gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's cool, man. <laughs> no, um, oh, I, I, I kind of like same thing. I, I don't think I bought too much into the playing round. Um, and I still had Boston in seven, not because of really anything that happened in the playing round, but just because I. I think last year's series against Carolina was too quick, and the Bruins obviously played very well. But um, I, again, this is a team this year in Carolina that I think was more dangerous than a lot of Bruins fans that can remember them for. Kind of like what you guys were saying down the road, and so I thought this was going to be really, especially with again, not necessarily because of the performances that we saw in the playing round or the round robin, but just kind of because like the lack of actual meaningful hockey. The Bruins could have won mm-hmm. all three of those games, and I still would have been worried because it's just not the same as playing playoff hockey. Um, so I thought that was going to go longer, but I honestly thought what we saw in that series, while Boston didn't dominate, was still very promising because I felt like they still were the better team. Not they got their game back. Yeah, exactly. And still if you had told me, back. you know what I mean? If you had told me a month ago that the Bruins would be back in the second round, but they'd be playing Carolina or they'd be playing Tampa Bay rather without Tugarask. I would be a little concerned, and that's nothing against Yara Holak, but I think for the most part he's played pretty well. A couple of goals you want back, but like 
I mean, you know, it, he, a couple he of goals them, that were just stupid, he did them all you know, like together and still won the game. So yeah, exactly. And like and, <laughs> most and part, all one the game. first goal he was really criticized for, which I honestly have felt good since then, was the one where he misplayed it behind the net, and it's like. I don't really... To me, that doesn't really bug me because that's not, like, a key indication of, like, oh, his angles are off or, you know, he can't find his neck. But that's just, like, a stupid mental error that's not going to happen again. Again, knock on wood. Because the yeah, I mean, shouts to, that, now, but like, shouts to that Tuca goal against the Rangers a few yeah. years back. But, like, you know what I mean? Like, like Halak's not going to do that again. That was just, like, a weird mental lapse. And, th- like, I feel like... Although I, he got I burned so bad. up a little bit every time he... Uh, he leaves the net. And a, little bit, a little bit. A little bit. Although Vasilevsky was like taking the Marty trail Turka. yesterday, so I don't even know. He was going way out for that one. But the point is, I think Halak has looked pretty good in like your normal goaltender situations. He had one obviously dumb brain lapse, but whatever. That's not going to happen again. And as far as actual like goaltending positioning goes, he's looked great, I think. And he yeah, had a couple he, of very big saves that. Granted, the Bruins had a lead at the time by quite a bit, but you look at how that game ended, and that could those were game-saving stops. By no, you know, don't mistake that. So, Yaro Halak won the big game, but I, I feel pretty good with him in net. Halak's best games have been against Carolina in Game Three and Tampa in Game One, because yep. he's I, he I, at least had a workload decent enough to actually play and not just kind of stand there all day. Because in those two games, he faced 30 shots against against the Hurricanes, 37 against the Lightning, and he made 29 saves in the first one, 35 in the second one. The game that he had all those goals that we were like, you should probably stop at least two, if not all of those. He only faced 19 shots, and he made 16 saves. So it was kind of mm-hmm. like, yeah, that guy's just standing there wondering, what the hell do I do all day? <laughs> so I, he hasn't gained my full confidence yet. Um, yeah. I still I still get pretty tight when he when there are those like scrums in front of the net and I kind of just feel like one of yeah. those is going to squirt yeah. in. The warm up I, I wouldn't say full confidence yet. I, I don't want to like yeah. jump that far, but I, I feel better than I did a week ago. Is kind so of I, I did feel pretty good toward the end of game one against the lightning where like, I felt like the Bruins were going to win that game regardless of the situation. Like I, I thought he had that under control, but like, if there's a game where the Bruins are up one with like a few minutes left and they pull Vasilevsky, I I got a feeling one of those is going to go to overtime. Yeah, no, I I think I agree with that. I think if I not that. the exact other way by the end of regulation, <laughs> because you know Tampa can kind of do that. Yeah, a hundred percent. I think uh, just ask Columbus, <clears throat> Chris. You mentioned not having confidence in Halak. Not full confidence, like get tight, whatever the fuck you said. I don't know. <laughs> nervous you're, you're when the sober one. I'm sorry. <laughs> nervous what? when uh, when the there's like kind of chaos in the crease and Halak's there. Yeah. Um, I think that's when I'm most confident in Tuca because he seems super relaxed in those situations and is just He's like I'm now a wall man or something. Like he just like goes into the butterfly and is completely still and waits for the puck to hit him, you know? Yeah. Uh whereas Halaka reminds me a little bit more of Tim Thomas in those scenarios where he's just kinda like he, trying to he guess dives, where the puck's gonna go. He'll dive for pucks in those yeah. situations and that opens him up to maybe someone chipping it over him. Yeah, I, so. I will say, like, I think I, I've noticed that for sure throughout his time with Boston. I, I do think the last couple games he has been 
more cautious, I would say. I don't know. Maybe I'm just noticing it more, but I feel like he actually – because I've been thinking the same things. It's like the times I really get worried are a shot comes into the point, it gets blocked, or he makes a stop, and then it's just one of those that just dumps right out in front of the crease, and you're like, fuck, 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 fuck. And Tuca usually does pretty well on those. I think that's a, a, a an aspect of his game that a lot of Bruins fans don't appreciate enough. Shocking, right? But, yeah, he's such a positional goaltender. Yeah, he's always there. He's it, very rarely will you see him make a positional mistake. And but I, I feel like Halak has been pretty good positionally. This at, at least in those situations when I because my first thing is again I'm worried about him. So my my eyes just naturally are like, what is he doing? And I feel like he's been there most of the time. I'm I'm not Kat Silverman. We can confirm with her whenever we have her back on. Yeah. But just in my like basic as a like defenseman watching a goalie, I feel like he's been in positions where I would feel kind of comfortable with him in. But from Twitter, I gather that Kat likes Yarrow. I mean, there's no reason to dislike him really, unless you're a Sabres fan. <laughs> I feel honored, by the way, Yarrow, to to watch him and do his thing because way back in january remember when january 2020 was a thing not no. really honestly no <laughs> not even a little bit they originally planned on honoring him for 500 nhl games against the golden knights and i was going to that game because i was just like hey i'd like to see vegas play and not you know from the point of a production truck and so <laughs> we went and like seven minutes before the game, they're like, yeah, we're, we're actually postponing this ceremony indefinitely until some other time. I was like, oh, well, that kind of sucks because it's nice seeing silver sticks and stuff come out for players. And then uh, the very last game I went to before the pandemic was all like, hey, everything's not going to go be a thing. Uh, it was Calgary in February. We lost that game, but they at least before that one were like, hey, Yarrow, shouts you. Here's a stick. Uh, thanks for for not playing the majority of your career here, but earning this while you were here. And so, uh, Jarl, you're my friend. Yeah, I mean, we've I, never met each other. I think we've made it pretty clear <laughs> that uh, on this podcast that we're big Yaro fans, just especially as like a 1B, like calling him a backup goalie. It's a little bit of a disservice, but... I mean, Fringe like he, starter is a term yeah. that EA Sports would probably yeah, use. Yeah, EA Sports. <laughs> He's the... Fringe starter. Fuck you, yes. EA Sports. Continue. <laughs> Yeah, hey, I, the trailer for NHL 21 came out. So Drew Drew said it a bunch of times, but I, I think like he could have gotten a bunch of money elsewhere to be not necessarily like a full-time starting goalie, but the 1A on a team. And mm-hmm. he, he is that good. And, and as I've said on this podcast before, like I, this was what we had him for. Like This is why he's here, because in case Tuca gets hurt, you're not relying on like Nick Svedberg or Jonas Gustafsson to play all of your playoff games. Like the, this is why you get a guy like that. Yes. And uh, a reminder to the fans at home, he's going to make $500,000 less in 2020, 2021. So you can even be more thankful, especially when you consider the, the last backup that was in town, Anton Hudobin is hitting the UFA market. And I don't really know if he's starter material, but he's going to get paid like one, he's gonna and get, that team is going to make a mistake. He's going to get yeah. a lot more than $500,000. <laughs> Nothing against Doby. I love the man I dearly. I fucking but... love Doby. And, he, yeah. and he's playing pretty well for the stars right great, now. Not, yeah. like, great, but... Uh, he's no Ben Bishop, <laughs> but he has to be. Yeah. Uh, it's, 
it's an interesting situation. But we should probably keep talking about the Bruins, though. <laughs> right, though. So, so, Nick, did you bring along any uh, any stats or anything about uh, yeah, big Game 1 guy. specifically or anything with, like, previewing the, the series? Oh, Game 1, I'd have to go into my other notes, which I can do in just a moment. But I do have my notes from the entire season and postseason thus far. If Let's you go. Hear anything fun. Can you read every single one of them, please? <laughs> I will, just for you, Cam. Because I don't think Cam can, right? Backwards <laughs> might be a little bit much, but I'll read it forwards, oh, yeah, left fine. to right, the way we read. If you want to be like the that, English whatever. language. Yeah, don't, don't be like the on-ice uh, audio from all of the NHL broadcasters. <laughs> Good God, that drives me insane. And then the music last night, oh, they were still yeah. doing it. I was like, you know you can make the switch, right? Yeah, I, I don't under... So you, you have been in the booth or in the in the van or whatever all uh, the above <laughs> in the booth and in the van why is the, the music backwards when it doesn't <laughs> have to be i don't know i'm not an a1 but anyway <laughs> uh it really one in my book nick i am steak sauce no so uh <laughs> I am Can we get that as the cold open, please? I am. They'll be the episode title, too. Yeah, Cam, I'm making you edit this week. Don't worry, I clapped for you, Cam. Thank you. No, that's a fair question because I really don't don't know entirely what they're doing because it's one world broadcast feed coming from Toronto and from Edmonton, right? And then they're Mm -hmm. sending that to NBC and Sportsnet and wherever, depending on who's where because Sportsnet has control of the Edmonton stuff, NBC has control of the Toronto stuff, and so then it goes to Master Control. I don't know where they're doing their audio from. I'm assuming the in-arena stuff would be literally at the arena, and then anything else would be from the broadcast studio in Connecticut. But uh, yeah, they don't have to do it at the commercial break, I am fairly certain, with the way that they have things set up. On ice, yes, and it's weird. Uh, but that's just because the league's been like, hey, we can't let anyone hear that our players say fuck sometimes, that's which, you know, I, happens. Honestly, I think it might have, like, slur connotation. Like, that, it might, they don't want anyone saying anything that, like, Ryan really would get them in trouble. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, Problematic. Yeah. There's probably more than F-bombs being said. If you listen to, there's cool, like, YouTube videos of just, like, mic'd up players trash-talking. There's a lot from behind the B and like similar programs that other teams yeah. have, Sean and it, it gets the trash talking gets pretty damn pretty damn yeah. personal real Sean quick. Sean Thornton called somebody a milk drinker. That was that was pretty rude. He That's also said that uh, oh, what was his face is like too short to have a handlebar mustache. Yeah, yeah. I think it was a Habs guy. I think was it oh, who was it? Thomas Plekanich. Yeah. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Because he also I was going to say Gallagher, but. I feel like that might have been too long ago to be. While, while we're on the that. subject, though, uh, Marshy told the entire uh, Lightning bench, "I will fucking cut you." Uh, <laughs> specifically, I think it was Blake Coleman. Uh, the thing was... is, that's such a middle school threat, you know. It's like, <laughs> and come so on, Marshy, that, you're that's the other part of things that Marshy like... has like gone after people's kids before, according to <laughs> yeah. some players on the ice, and so they're like, maybe we don't want to broadcast this to the whole national audience. Yeah, I, I guess know. they'll see that as rude, you know more. what I mean? It's like, hey. 
All right, well, Nick. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you got anything so on the Lightning Man? <laughs> I do. I have everything yeah. you could ever want to know about the Tampa Bay Lightning and how Phil Esposito played a role in their founding in 1993. Anyway, Nikita Kucherov <laughs> how does <that> led them <laughs> in the regular Fuck season. Espo. <laughs> 85 points in 68 games. Steven Stamkos had 66 points in 57 games. Of course, he's been out since mid-March because a core muscle surgery kind of I'm going to be happened. honest. I didn't, I didn't realize Kucherov had that big of a season just because 85 points isn't as big a number as like 124 or whatever he had. Well, so but. that's kind of the fun thing is that a lot of people just think Stamkos, Stamkos, Stamkos with the Lightning, and then you realize he's not actually playing that big of a role much anymore. I mean, yeah, he was still second on the team in scoring, but Nikita Kucherov, number one, is the man there. And then Braden Point, who was third on the team in scoring with 64 points in 66 games, you know, he's kind of and bitten Now a guy. he's Mr. Clutch. <laughs> right. Like he's, he's the go-to person if it's not Kucherov. So anyway, the Bruins, their top three scorers in the regular season, of course, you remember Pasternak, 95 points, Marshawn, 87 points, and Bergeron, 56 points in 61 games. Pasta and Marsh each played the full 70. In the postseason, of course, this is where things get interesting, because Braden points leading the way for Tampa with 10 points in eight games. This was entering the second round, so not including game one. Kucherov has nine points in eight games. Three players are tied for the third most points on the team, Tyler Johnson, Alex Killorn, and Yanni Gord. You want to talk about depth for a moment. Yachty Gord and his line depth. is a perfect matchup for Coyle in his line and just seeing between those two lines who can get the most deflect the most deflections and just really anything going. Because of course, in game one, we can talk about Nick Ritchie if you want, or prefer not to, because I'm fine skipping over. Yeah, him. we're we're good. Garbage. People, <laughs> people might think he is that bad, but honestly, the thought process there and I am a Jack Studnika fan, but hear me out on this. The thought process there is that since Tampa likes to come out with the big bodies, you throw one of your big bodies that doesn't have to always be Charlie Coyle on that same line so that he can go out and hit the guy, Coyle can move the puck around, and then get in front of the net in case someone's, someone else is taking the shot because we know he likes to play baseball. And in the meantime, <laughs> it's just, you know, since Studnika is so young and hasn't had the full experience of number one a normal season and number two just building up all this playoff experience and regular season playing time at the nhl level i don't have too much of a problem with it so long as it doesn't be a major problem right now that's where we get into how many penalties richie takes and you know if he's a minus a million at that point you go okay this is david backus 2.0 but younger and so he shouldn't be playing like backus did at points in the 2019 postseason yeah on the flip side, the Bruins postseason scoring leaders entering the second round. Playoff, David Krejci with nine points in eight games. Brad Marchand, second, seven points in eight games. And Patrice Bergeron, literally perfect, six points in eight games, third most on the team. Of course, Andre Vasilevsky led the way in 52 games, 52 starts, 35-14-3 and three record. He's a Vesna finalist this year. Curtis McElhaney, not great. 18 games played in the regular season, 8-7-3. If you can chase Vasilevsky, McElhaney probably won't do what he did last year for the Hurricanes, fully acknowledging that the Bruins swept the Hurricanes in the Eastern Conference Final last year. So there's well, that to remember. I, I hope he does that, then. <laughs> chase <laughs> right? Vasilevsky. Um, one thing I just want to say when you mentioned Nick Ritchie, 
and I don't want to talk about Nick Ritchie, but one thought I had when you said, you know, you got to watch out for how many penalties he takes. I saw that I had missed the play. It was like a, a post-whistle scrum, and he got a roughing. He, he got, like, matching with somebody. And I didn't even know who was in the box for Tampa, but I was like, oh, we won that trade. That's that's fine. Uh, <laughs> I'll, I'll take Richie in the box over anybody, <laughs> over their trainer. I don't care. <laughs> it's a fair trade if someone else is going into the box, and it's a terrible trade if he's the only one going in the box. I see yeah, exactly. Yeah, so my, my prediction for this series before the start was uh, lightning in seven, mostly just because – I picked Carolina in seven and the Bruins won, so I hope that happens again. Um, but, yeah, I do think their top-end talent matches up better with the Bruins right now. Like, n- nothing against that Hurricanes top line. They're good, and they're going to be really, really good in the next few years. Yes. Um, it's going to be fun. The Hurricanes don't have a player like Nikita Kucherov. The mm-hmm. Not as a lot good of as Sebastian Ajo is, the, the, and the Bruins, yeah. the Bruins do, uh, in David Pasternak and and uh, and Brad Marchand. And probably. Brad Marchand, yeah, I was gonna say and, that too. Uh, clutch <laughs> David Krejci right now, and <laughs> yeah, David Krejci right fall now. back. Sean Corrales. Um, <laughs> you know, and Par Lindholm has really scored some clutch goals. <laughs> yeah, like, no, he and, really uh, has. And he's, Dougie he's, Hamilton, he's the new Mister Game Seven. Dougie Hamilton and Jacob Slavin are, are really good, and they're going to keep getting better, and they're going to be excellent down the road. Very but worth being. They don't about. have anybody like Victor Hedman. Yeah. And yeah. I mean Ryan McDonough is is also a very good defenseman. So I mean th- this team is like they don't really do the same thing that the Hurricanes do, but they are a much better version of that. Yeah. And they obviously boast a. a more stable goaltending situation. Um, I I don't think Vasilevsky b- belonged in the uh, uh, no. in the Vesna conversation, yeah. but I mean, he's still very good. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's it's going to be a tough series. But l- like I said in the middle of the last series, it's important. The playoffs are such a weird thing. It's important to get that first game, and mm-hmm. it, it gives you such flexibility. Like as fans we like having that that buffer as as a team you don't want them thinking like that but man if you can go out and get that second game and anytime you can get out to a two game lead in a seven game series it's so huge and just putting yourself in a position to do that right away is is huge and i I, yeah yeah you can you can lay an egg now and still be very much okay yeah, and and enormous. momentum momentum is is a big thing right now, Certainly. and scoring that third goal, uh, allowing, the, being able to allow those next two goals, uh, also huge. It just like yeah, momentum just is such a big thing. If they had allowed a goal after being up two, um, I, I you'd, don't know how that game's going to turn yeah. out because yeah, a whole different approach to the game after that from both sides. So yeah, he, so I, I mean, it, it's it's like the mini series within a series, and it's it's really important to to get that first win, and yeah. and that's that was cool to see, especially the way that happened. Here's the thing: is like if you're going to beat Tampa Bay, it's going to be games like that. You're not going to blow them out three nothing. You're gonna if you go up three nothing, that's gonna end up a three to two game. And like Tampa Bay is a team we've talked a, a, quite a bit on this podcast about how like 
hockey is not a sport that you can win by stacking elite talent. That's been the Toronto Maple Leafs' problem. I think most people agree for the last couple of years is that they have a very, very strong top, but they are very top heavy, and it falls off significantly from there. Tampa if Bay you stack it in the right way, yeah, like at least one defender and one less forward, they could probably do something. Yes. But Another story, did. but yes, they, <laughs> Tampa they Bay. They definitely need a, a trade to make that happen. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Tampa Bay I mean, they, is not. They tried, like that. but it didn't work. Yeah, the Lightning are a team that has the elite talent and the depth, like the Bruins do. Mm-hmm. It's not a team that you're gonna be blowing out for. You know what I mean? Like you look at what happened to them last year, and it was there was a reason that was such a big deal. I mean, that was such an anomaly, and. That's not going to just happen again, obviously. They took care of business already and redeemed themselves in that aspect. But that's not a team that you're going to blow out. Pretty much, if the Bruins win any game in this series by more than two, I will be very pleasantly surprised. And even two is going to be like an empty net. You know what I mean? This is going to be a grinded-out series, and that makes what Chris said even more important. The fact that you – I don't want to say steal because they were pretty in charge for most of that game. But the fact that you have that one game lead, you got to win three, they got to win four now, is so huge because if there is a game like last night that turns sour and you end up losing, you're not just fucked now. You have that, that extra buffer, which is, is so important because there's not going to be a single easy period in this series. That's just You're playing maybe the best team in the league right now. And that's where, as... As much as we don't like regular season stats entering the playoffs, because again, it's an entirely different season, and especially when you've had five months off and you're in the middle of a pandemic <laughs> in a bubble where home ice advantage and road ice advantage don't exist and all that other jazz. And you're playing the it's, same team over and over again. <laughs> yeah. it, it's important to note that the Bruins this year against the Lightning in 2019-20 were 1-2-1 one, and one in four games. They actually got to complete you know, their entire season series. Cool for them. Uh, not not everyone that's going against one another in, in the Stanley playoffs at large has been able to do that. So shouts, uh, good scheduling, I guess. <laughs> the Bruins scored 10 goals for and allowed 13 goals against. The Lightning, of course, went 3-1-0 in those four games. The Bruins had 139 total shots on goal against Tampa this season. The Lightning had 113 total shots on goal against the Bruins. But when you break down each game in scoring... The Lightning won 4-3 in a shootout on October 17th at TD Garden 2019. That'll happen against the Bruins? It's almost a guarantee against the Bruins, to be honest with you. If I remember correctly, that was either the first or second game that they went into a shootout and then lost, like, seven games in a shootout this year, last year. However, whatever we're doing is things to come. It feels like three years ago, but yeah. (laughs) Might have even been ten years ago. I don't know. Uh, Then the Lightning won 3-2 on December 12th. In Tampa, which has been a place that the Bruins haven't been able to win all that much. Now, last round, I would have said that, you know, the, the neutral ice doesn't really make that much of a difference because based on last year's performance and everything else, the Bruins have been able, able to win some games in Carolina. The Bruins have really struggled to win at Amelie Arena in what, like the last since the 2011 Eastern Conference final? Basically since uh, Emily Benjamin stopped covering the Bruins. Yeah. Coincidence? Yes. So, you know, that, that trend kind of continues, except now where everyone's in Toronto, in the East anyway, so it's kind of like, okay, maybe they can pull this off, and you saw it in game one. Anyway, on March 3rd, the Bruins won 2-1 to one for the first time in a while in Tampa, 
And then they lost 5-3 on home ice against Tampa in the game that everyone fought in because this is, you know, what happens that, when you play was, each other like four times a year. That was the one where least. I was just like, that. this is going to be the most fun series and I need this to be an Eastern Conference final, even though I knew that it couldn't really happen based on the standings. But it could have happened. We, we got <laughs> rid of the, the stupid division format for this year anyway and went back to the 1-8 and what do you know? Yeah, just didn't work out. <laughs> if you lose in the round robin and you have the President's Trophy and you end up fourth, because that's what happened at both conferences, you suddenly have the Eastern Conference Final in the second round. Mm-hmm. In both cases, because Philly and the Islanders really could have been the Eastern Conference Final. Real talk. If yeah, we're, honestly. If we're yeah, playing sure. that out. But at the same time, Bruins focused here. So forget <laughs> them. That game's happening right now, but who cares? Yeah, I saw the Islanders were up one nothing or something, but I didn't look again. Andy Green with the goal. What a story. Wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Been around for like forever at this point. The Andy Green, like season. longtime uh, power play quarterback. Right, though. Mm-hmm. On New Jersey, right? Yeah, he was traded at the deadline this year. They traded their Red, captain Red Wings for so he could too. win at something. No, he's he's only been with New Jersey okay. and the Islanders now. Interesting. You're thinking of Mike Green. He was Mike with the Green. Red Wings. <laughs> Different spelling. No extra E at the end. Yep. Next to the Bruins, <laughs> like every time I'm looking at the score, I'm like, that's just not right. I mean, I know you, but you know what I mean. Like, it just looks like It'll a two always or be number three one. I would have been heart. like fine, but a four, I'm like, that's just wrong. That's not correct. Like the average. You think the average fan? Not average fan. Like the the I guess not average fan who is just like oh yeah hockey's on cool sports pandemic. casual fan puts it on and they're like damn the Bruins were the fourth team in the East this year that you know what I mean like do you think they know I mean I guess it depends on the person right but like it <laughs> doesn't seems... matter Kim. I don't give a fuck I, what I don't they know. know I don't think any casuals are like... looking at like oh number four Bruins they suck I well, think they're like I don't even know what's what going in... on like. I don't know. You think they're like, wow, what a big upset for the Bruins beating Tampa. You know what I mean? And it's like, well, no, they were the first. You know, like, I, I had Vegas a couple of friends who were clearly watching their first playoff hockey game this year, uh, game one. Who Why are they me. your friends then? Uh, I don't know, man. <laughs> You're allowed to have other interests, Drew. It's, it's the, 2020. I don't think so. They're more Outside baseball people. Uh, but Baseball and basketball, I guess. Um but yeah, they they both texted me during the game, and and were neither of them were concerned about what the Bruins. Uh, I'll just go fuck myself. Was. It's fine. Never so what you're saying is they were actually rooting for the Lightning. I'm not gonna admit it. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I really <laughs> yeah, thought sure. that was like wrapping around to like yeah they were like wow is this an upset for the and you were just like you just shut me down so no but <laughs> uh, so my my I can't even Zach, keep track of what's happening anymore. My friend Zach, Same. who I, I do another podcast with, hey, go listen to Burritos and Other Less Important Things. Um, yeah, seriously, guys, it's great. Um, he he asked at the beginning of the playoffs, like, explain this whole format to me. And, and then after the round robin, it was kind of like, hey, so what are they, like, last now? And like, kind of, I guess. The last of the best. <laughs> yeah. In a way. Well, we're not Montreal, but we are kind of like them among, you know, the quote elite and I, I, I Bruise like and to, Bruins the last of the best podcasts you listen to I would like to throw in I'm, I'm super sad to see a team like the Blues and a 
player like Jordan Bennington struggle and and go home. Uh, let's pour one out for that that racist misogynist asshole. Yeah, you know, I've I've always been a, a huge Bennington fan. I I agree with every single thing he's tweeted since like <laughs> 2009. I don't even know when Twitter was invented. <laughs> Probably 2009 ish. I think it was around then. It was like okay, 2006. Yeah, 2009 was when I joined Twitter, so I know it wasn't 2009. I joined in 2013. Waited all the way until graduated high school. I had I had an account and then yeah, not not my current I, account. It was a, I remade it. It was basically like then, my Facebook. It was what it was. Yeah. I have an aspect um, of the fuck game that over. <laughs> yeah, that guy sucks. Yes, um, he does. Just as like a person, it seems. Yeah. I don't know. He well, might be so nervous I, now. So I tweeted something out about, like, how shitty Bennington was. Like, I didn't say anything specifically. I was just like, man, really nice to see how all this bad thing, how all these bad things are happening to Jordan Bennington. And a couple of people responded with, like, clearly not understanding the background of, like, all the shitty things he's tweeted. Uh, that, like, he just seems like an asshole. And so, like, in addition to being a misogynist and a racist, like, he's also just an asshole. Yeah, he comes off being, as so. one, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, just totally go fuck that guy. Like, whatever. Yeah, he sucks. It's good to see people are finally starting to I, I, like, I, I was visiting with some friends uh, this past weekend who aren't Bruins fans. And, like, I had, like, kind of a similar little, like tangent there and they were just like dude like fuck off you're just salty because you're a Bruins fan they lost and I was like no like that sucked but like Jordan Bennington is a fucking asshole like that's separate from the fact that the Bruins lost like if we beat him I would still say Jordan Bennington is an asshole he's just an asshole but they <laughs> it's funny though like, like he has a pretty long history uh hockey wise of just being a not very good AHL player and he was called up out of necessity because Jake Allen was just not playing very well jake as, allen. as jake allen does um and he got Pulling hot up, uh, a la andrew hammond um and he maintained that hot streak for a really long time but that's one of the weird things in hockey is that you can play goalie like if you know how to play goalie at a professional level you can like do it well for a while by accident almost and like that that shit happens and that's why it's scary when teams give out contracts to guys like Connor Hellebuck who had one good season after not being really good for a while and then had a pretty mediocre season after that contract came out and then came back and was say, but then the best favorite <laughs> and like, that's why goaltending's weird hockey's weird shout out Cat Silverman goaltending is voodoo that's all, <laughs> all it is <laughs> But Neil I mean, Deal, I, James Neal Connor yeah, Hellebuck when you were that's saying that my, my brain went back to Braden Holpe in 2012 I mean he, I'm still not confident. Well, so he like, kicked he, the shit out probably, of Bruins, and he was great yeah. for a little while, and then he did a goalie thing where he kind of became garbage. He hasn't been good the last couple of years. It's pretty. Well, funny he's always good up. against the Bruins. Well, it's funny that you bring him up, Cam, because he is like the guy that I think of when I think of like random goaliness. Because yeah, absolutely, he had that random series against the Bruins, and then I followed him pretty closely because I I owned him in fantasy for a while, and. He had like a few seasons after that season against the Bruins. It was like he was like nine ten to nine. Yeah, it was good. It was good to like, nine eighteen for a while, where he was just like fine and not great. Starter. But he would just have random seasons where he'd be like nine twenty eight. Yeah, and it'd 
be like, oh, okay, maybe this guy is good. And he had he, he would have these. Maybe have a nine oh two. It's like, <laughs> then he'd go off and have yeah. like nine shutouts in a year, and you'd be like, oh, maybe Braden Holpe yeah. is actually kind of, you know, <laughs> good both as well, a person and as a goalie. Oh, incredible as a person. Yeah, let's not even we compare. Yeah, I don't want to. Yeah, that yeah. was purely statistical. But yeah, yeah. <laughs> let's not, not insinuate any hate for Braden. I, I do love him as a player, though, and I, I. So that's that's kind of my thing with him next year. I don't want. I don't know where I want him to go. Like I don't know if I want him in Carolina just because the expectations are going to be so high. And I mean, wherever he goes, he's going to get paid. Arguably, Even, Carolina's the best fit for him, though. I, yeah, if he goes to the Flames, it's kind of like okay, you're you're part of the reclamation project. Oh, you're, that you're might Mike happen. Smith, you're Cam Talbot. Yeah, yeah. you're the yeah. <laughs> the next but if he goes line, to, yeah. to Carolina, now Brian the, the hard part is they shouldn't play him in like 50 games because he's been overworked so much and he's not that top quality guy. He was Mister 70 games for a while. Yeah. So so is it literally just you know this lateral move from Reimer and Mrazek? Razik and Reimer, if you're going starter backup to Holtby and whoever, whether it's it's going to be one of Reimer, those two. Are you just doing the same exact thing because you still have the same defense and all that other stuff? I wouldn't say that's necessarily a problem goaltending wise. I think defensively, it's a good problem to have. No yeah, exactly. What. Like I think, and this is also something we talked about with Cat a couple weeks ago. But like having goaltending tandems, like I, I would be pretty happy with that goaltending. I mean, obviously the Bruins were blessed with. Raskin Halak, the best goaltending tandem in the league statistically this year. But, like, if I'm Carolina, I'm pretty happy with that. If, if, you know, if if that were to be what ended up happening, I would be pretty happy with that. So, anyway, from a Bruins (laughs) perspective, Drew's sitting here like, what the fuck? Drew's like, Carolina's a hockey team? (laughs) Do you have have to leave, Drew? No. He's just asleep. I don't have to leave it. Wait, mentally check your words. I actually have a a Bruins related thing I would like to discuss. Okay. Um, Can we talk about, yo, what the fuck was that refereeing the other night? Like, that was. Playoff refereeing, Cam. Like, it's all, it's going to be bad. Yeah. In the words of Peter Lafayette. No, here's the thing. Like, I feel like I'm used to, like, playoff refereeing being, like, there's atrocious non calls, and it was the opposite. Like, the first penalty. No, they, on, they on, swallow the whistles in the in overtime. I guess, it, but I don't know. Yeah, I, like I know the whole like even and out thing, but like if if like Chris was talking about earlier, that last regular season game against the between the Bruins and the Lightning was phenomenal, uh, largely because of how crispy it got. But the first <laughs> game in the playoff series when you have Chara called for a cross check on like a he just like touched a guy with a stick. And you have a just a garbage call right back on Tampa for like holding or some shit, and it was just not a penalty at all. It's like, like that's not that's that yeah. sucks as a hockey fan. Like I'm not like oh it's the playoffs, put the whistles away. I'm also and I'm totally each other against makeup calls, stick. by the way. I am. Oh yeah, they, it's, they're so dumb. Right. it's so dumb. Because the, then you get into like okay, does that count as a makeup call? Because maybe that penalty was a little bit bigger. Yeah, like, maybe we got to make it dumb. up again. And you just get into this. And and you're setting a precedent. And, yeah, and, and the is, idea what of is a penalty. The idea of like even penalties in playoff hockey also pisses. It's just like if there's a fucking penalty, call it. You know what I mean? You don't yeah. need to be like each team has to have six power plays through game three. You know what I mean? That it's dumb. But like, yeah, I also but, don't want to see it officiated like it was the other night because it was like you sneeze on somebody and you got a fucking penalty. Like, <laughs> brick usually but, gets into the makeup calls. And I'm always like, can we get out of the '80s hockey? Like, it's been like 30, almost 40 years now. That'd be cool. <laughs> My stance on officiating, I think, just across all sports, is simply consistency in a game. 
doesn't need to be all series. Just in a game, <clears throat> I don't care if you're making a bunch of soft calls. As long as there's a precedent and you're like it's going both ways, like fine. Or if you're letting things go, you're putting the whistles away. Cool. Do that for the whole game. Maybe you're softer on roughing calls, but more hard on the tripping. Whatever. As long as it's consistent throughout the way, that's fine. Just keep it even for both sides. And yeah, the makeup calls are also trash. But yeah, it 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 sucks when it's all over the place. Yeah, and and that's easier to say for like basketball when there's gonna be like twenty to fifty calls per game. Yeah, but like yeah, hockey. Like if you're swallowing the whistles for a game, one like all right maybe that was tripping like but like it was definitely tripping but have we been calling it like that the whole game and like you blow the whistle that one time and they score on the power play and maybe that swings a game i i do agree with drew that like i feel like consistency is the most important thing like you just want to see it called the same way but i do think it's more important over the course of a series i guess than you do like i don't want to see like you know Game three. Yeah, I don't want to see game three like (laughs) you can beat somebody over the head with a stick and it's not a call. And like game four, you like look at somebody the wrong way and you get a penalty just because like if that happens early on, then you're going to get the people. You can lick somebody the wrong way. Yeah, exactly. Well, that maybe is. I can't try COVID. That should be a penalty in COVID times. I was I wasn't necessarily against it when it happened. It was hilarious, but like it's actually how COVID started. Actually, (laughs) it was weird. I was pretty against it. I wasn't. I wasn't overtly for it. I wasn't overtly (laughs) for it. But like, I I I guess I respected where it came from. You know what I mean? And like, granted, where Bruins (laughs) came came from his mouth, Cam. It came from his mouth. No, but it was pretty progressive. All I'm saying is, like, I feel like if like Matthew could chuck lick somebody, I'd be like, all right, like that's kind of funny come on like you can't be that it's not like i would rather be licked than like cross-checked in the face you know what i'm saying like if you're going in for, the immediate like, now i'd rather be licked than 10 years cross-checked in the content. face is that what you said yeah uh i yeah i, I agree with cam on that one you know what uh, I, i'm just saying Man, like if gonna, uh, look fucked. <laughs> yeah exactly if marshan's gonna be pulling stupid shit i would rather lick somebody than slew foot somebody true you know licking I mean? doesn't so necessarily like, get we're, suspended we're until now <laughs> We're getting somewhere. You'd By the way, I want I want Brendan Gallagher on the Bruins rule. somehow. Oh, I would I would love him. I would love him on the Bruins. Yeah, he's yeah, so uh, he Bryce. is phase. He's, he's phase three. Brad Marchand. Yeah, Brad Marchand. Out of four, I, I assume. Fucking not gonna. He he changed out of it five. every two months. Out of five. Out of okay. five, yeah. Phase five, Brad is a uh, hundred point, like in the top 10 like heart trophy kind of conversation and not being Brad, suspended yeah uh phase phase three is a 30 20 kind of guy and and i with well, one suspension yeah it's like 35 goals 25 assists like he, he's like a 60 point player but he's mostly a sniper and i i think like this year shortened season he was on pace for like 35 25 kind of deal and that's that's a guy you want on that Charlie Coyle line. The hard part with Brendan Gallagher is he's injury prone, though. He's not quite like a Louis Erickson. He might be a bit more like Andre Kasha in the in the sense that yeah, he can contribute where you really need him. And he's all right, Nick. In his we're talking prime. about like fantasy shit. Like a, Brendan Gallagher's know. never going to be traded to the Bruins. I've he's had Brendan like a, Gallagher on my he has an fantasy incredible team contract. He's he's making and like three point five million Holy dollars. Holy shit, guys! Like the that. NHL just lifted the trade deadline, and Brendan Gallagher just got traded to the Bruins. Oh my god, Brendan Gallagher's <laughs> available. 
He's going to wear number 11 after Gregory Campbell. It's awesome. He's going to break his leg and keep playing for 45 minutes. In my mind, like, Brad Marchand and Brennan Gallagher on the same team would be so fucking incredible. In my mind, Bobby Orr never had to have any injuries and is still playing for the Bruins to this day. Yeah, but, you he, know. he had his, uh, his Gordy Howe career, and he's like 70 whatever. <laughs> oh, and Wayne Gretzky was also traded to the Bruins, years. but, you know. <laughs> yeah, Noel Achari never moved on. He's, he's on the fourth line scoring 20 goals. <laughs> Would he have gotten 20 on the fourth line today? No. No, no. <laughs> Now, what player are you going to blame for him not getting 20 then? Uh, Strategy. I'm not going to. Yeah, I'm going to blame ice time purely. Yeah, literal puck luck. Is... So, so you're not going to sports radio. There has to be someone to blame. I'm just going yeah. strategy Sean, of Sean the Corrali. different I'm line. blaming Sean Corrali. Yeah, the literal best guy is actually the worst guy. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Shout Bruins out, treat their fourth line. I think all teams kind of treat their fourth line in different ways. So... The Bruins, it's more just like, all right, get the puck deep and keep it deep and just kill time keeping and it kill deep. Penalties. <laughs> and kill penalties. Most importantly, yeah. that. That's been one of the things Sweeney's done really well is addressing, okay, you, you don't have to be paid a lot and you're easily replaceable, but you especially we, have to be able to play on the PK. Should we talk about how Chris Wagner hasn't scored two goals in this series already? Uh, I'm, I'm a little pissed. Yeah, no, that's concerning. That's why I Leading think it's going to be Tampa in five. <laughs> Chris Wagner, noted, the Joe Thornton of the current Bruins, noted round robin goal scorer Chris Wagner. <laughs> I'm going to refer to him as that for the rest of his career, just because. Forget Walpole. <laughs> it's going to be like three years from round now. Robin. Mayor noted round, round robin. robin goal scorer Chris Wagner. It's going to be like 20 years from now, and I'm going to like tell my kid like. Oh yeah, dude. Chris Ragnar was such a great you player. You know, noted round robin goal scorer. Do oh, you know he's like... from Massachusetts? <laughs> <laughs> you ever heard of this? Hey, if you if you think that highlight reel of him throwing hits is cool, you should have seen him in the round robin games, man. <laughs> Here, let me pull up a man. let me pull up a twenty year old YouTube clip <laughs> right. that is in like 1080p compared to the like 30k we, we have now. You, <laughs> you don't even know what the 2020 round robin was like. You just don't oh even my get God. it. It was like you, Chris you Wagner grew up playing in the pandemic. He grew up in the 2040s. You don't even understand. It's like the it's like the uh, like Chris Wagner was playing playoff hockey and no one else was. It was he was just <laughs> on another level. Everybody out there was just there for a Sunday skate. Chris Wagner was out there clipping <laughs> people's fucking knees. <laughs> Remember when this is gonna be a short episode? No. Side note. I completely forgot that between Gregory Campbell and, Bre- and Brendan Gallagher, that Jimmy Hayes existed in War Number Eleven. Nope. I want to clear that up. Oh yeah, yeah. It's important uh, to fix your mistakes. No, we forget about that time, and that's totally okay. I I was gonna say you still could on the up payroll, like, I believe. Hayes, but, hey. I w- I was only reminded of him when I saw uh, Kevin Hayes for the Islanders. Real talk. Kevin, Hay- Kevin Hayes is good, which is wild. Kevin Hayes, playmaker for the Flyers. One goal, six assists, seven points so far, entering round two, which is, uh, you know, we'll see how that works out for them. Just wi- wild shit. How, I know that uh, because I have it all in front of me right now. And and I think that was one of the dangerous things with the Nick Ritchie trade was like, all right, well, Brett Ritchie is the Jimmy Hayes of this brotherhood, and we need to get. We're just going to compare every brother to the Hayes family. All right, so who's the Henrik and who's the Daniel here? 
Well, that... Uh, <laughs> I don't know if you can really compare that one, because that's, like, the one exception. If they're twins, that's the exception to the rule. Fair. Uh, I'll take Daniel every day. I take both, and I had both in NHL 09 on, on the Bruins, and then they went to, to go on to the Stanley Cup final, and I was like, oh, well, this is awkward now. That's I have to hate these guys. Blasphemy. That's right. blasphemy. <laughs> Oh, I think I never at one time guy. in an NHL game, I had Henrik, but not Daniel, which is I sad. Once I couldn't have the other. Did no salary cap and worked. Hey, the greatest I'd like to announce the on the podcast that uh, I just received an email that, by a large margin, we just had our best week of downloads. I, so. That's what I was trying to show you earlier, and you guys were like, "What?" And well, then you, you, showed me, you, showed talking, ble- you, you showed like a bleach. You showed a bleacher report notification. You were in the <laughs> tiny that wasn't screen in the bottom, and you didn't say. Well, I, I was kind of like, "Hey, the check screen. the phones," but then I didn't want to just be like, "I didn't want to just like." I do checked my phone. There was like, nothing oh, on it. Fucking pump our own tires here for a sec. Yeah, well, I, I don't want to reveal <laughs> the actual download numbers because. Uh, I don't Might want... lose sponsors that way. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, we're not going to get all my sponsors. Yeah, well, uh, Skinny Pop might back out of a deal, which would be a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, th- thanks for everyone for listening. Uh, thanks to everyone for listening. Like this is a particular, particularly downloading. We're getting, we're getting some. Yeah, we, please download. I don't care because... if you. I don't care if you listen to it. Just download it. <laughs> Stop just streaming this shit. <laughs> Secretly, I it's just me and a bunch of yeah. burner phones. You know, like burner Twitter accounts and all that. I know downloading is so 2013, but fucking download it. Did you guys see the chartable numbers? We uh, we popped up in the uh, American hockey podcast list. Brazil, we've been holding steady we have not moved in the brazil rankings in like four weeks i don't think they've <laughs> added anything to the brazil rankings in the last like four weeks honestly they've it's always been the same podcast <laughs> isn't isn't We're, covid pretty bad there too yeah they're yes. probably not listening to ho- hockey podcasts right now um well no that's what i'm saying maybe they are because they're they might be kind of like us and well i mean when covid hit here no one was listening to podcasts that was kind of the thing no, everybody was listening to podcasts. Pod, no, podcast business went down. Like sponsors were, everyone was dropping sponsors and shit. Like, no, nah, dude. I was well, you no, know, it went back up right when we content. hit the market. Ooh, <laughs> right when we hit the open market, Bruins diehards scooped us up. We're 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 going places. Yeah, buy our stock. <laughs> I do want to buy our stock. B A B on the stock market. I do want to see what our peak uh, U.S. Whoa, boys. Boys, right. boy. Whoa, Chris is feeling good about himself. Hold on. <laughs> All right. Uh, over, under. Like, what do you guys think our peak position on the I, USA hockey podcast I, charts is? I'm going to 40. willingly exempt myself because I, you sent us this yesterday, and I was very bored. Definitely not at work. Uh, you, and, and I so you it know up, what so it is. I have a general idea. 40. 40. Um Nowhere Lancey, near that. I think Lancey, it's probably you 140. This isn't your podcast. I'm sure your podcast also peaked around this number because I was going to read we, off my number too in a minute. I think we have about the same uh, listenership, but we peaked at 16 in the in the U.S. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, uh, I'm, fuck. I'm not going to read my number anymore. Okay, <laughs> Brad Marsha, number 63. Hey, that's I mean that's really good. I, I assumed our peak was somewhere in the 50 I mean, to 75 range. My podcast did better than one of my former employers, so there's that to remember but there you go saying that deserves a sean corrali sally right there 
big old hey, well, uh, glass. Corral leap. Che- cheers to us here uh, on on the. Let's and toot our own horns and, and eat skinny and cheers pop. To, uh, <laughs> cheers to Lancey for helping us out because we we get all of his listeners too. Whenever I, I bring the big here. ratings. I don't know if my yeah, dad yeah. actually listens, but Dude, I bring the ratings. Nick Lanciani, he shows up for the big games. That's all I'm saying, guys. That's all I'm yeah. saying. I said the same thing about me in my last season in deck hockey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even joking. There was, there was a guy one time. I had to play goalie because our goalie didn't show up, and I had been goalie before. I actually I signed up that season to play goalie, and there were never, ever enough goalies for every team. But this year, there were five goalies for four teams. So they were like, all right, you get the Yaroslav Halak treatment, and you just like won't play at all until one day our goalie didn't show up. And I always brought my extra goalie gear on the off chance that this exact moment would happen. And slept in the and night so, before. Like eight minutes into his warm-ups, they were like, okay, well, shit, well, now we need a goalie. So I was like, all right, I'll go get dressed. Give me an extra five minutes, and you know, we'll be underway with this game. And we won. And then we got to the playoffs, and the first game of the championship round, or, or something like that, or maybe no, it was the round before. I honestly don't remember because I remember the last game that we played vividly. I'll get to that in a moment. The reasons why, but we played a playoff game same way where the, our goalie couldn't show up that night, so I had to run to the car, get my goalie gear, put it on. We won, and then the last game we played, it was like, okay, we're down the series one to nothing. It's a best of three. We win, and we continue this. We lose, and we lose. That's how that works. And the <laughs> head honcho of, of the league, I overheard him because I was standing like right there and no one knew who I was. And I've been playing in the league for like four years at that point. But anyway, the head honcho was talking to my coach and was like, are you going to start Nick, that uh, Nick kid and goal? And, and he was like, well, no, we need his offense. And that was also my best year. Seven points in like seven or eight games I played not as a goalie. So. What's how right? many points did you get when you were a goalie? Playoff Krejci out here, all right. <laughs> Fun fact. I actually got credited for an assist as a goalie one game because some kid who played for us in that game before when I had to take over as goalie also wore number seven. I wore seven that year. So, so it wasn't actually you. <laughs> no, but I got credit for it, so I'll take it because That's I got an assist as a goalie without <laughs> they don't actually ask having how, to do They just asked how many, Lancey. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> So the moral that's of the story the, That's here. what they call a thirdary assist. I don't know how you <laughs> say that. But. Tertiary, moral, tertiary, right? The moral of the story is no one knew who I was. It was the tail end of my career. I had two assists in our final game. I didn't play goalie. The other kid did. And then I had two assists. We were winning 2 nothing, And then some kid scored a hat trick, and we lost 3-2. And I promptly retired because I said, enough of that. Did you try fighting anyone to revamp your No. Team? But fun fact, (laughs) one of our defenders fought someone over in the corner, and I thought about being Tim Thomas and going over there and giving a couple of shoves with the blocker, but I I didn't because at the same time I was just amazed that there was a fight going on in, like, a game of 14- to 16-year-olds. Pretty typical, (laughs) I guess, on the pond, but not not in an organized thing, right? I am not going to lie. I really had... I, I missed the part where you mentioned your age, so I just imagined you doing this currently... And I was really in the, <laughs> I would get punched in the face a lot. The somebody with a blocker <laughs> right now. <laughs> but, Here, no. come on over. We'll socially distance ourselves. I'll be in the crease. You'll be at the end of the driveway, yep. and then we can pretend fight from that far apart. Great. We can do like some long. No, you just do arm length, so you can just get the block. <laughs> yeah, you want you want full extension on the punches. I learned that. Uh, yeah. It depends if you know if you can reach that far. It'd be six feet compliant. But anyway, just make sure you keep that strong base, though. Yeah. 
like you. And pucks deep, pucks to the net. Uh, full pucks 60 deep, minutes. Pucks to the net. Keep That's the how the Bruins moving. are going to win this series. Get some rebounds. Deep, a lot of pucks to the net. Guys named guys Take named the Charlie. body. They're going to do things for the hockey ball. and uh, Chuck the, and Charles. Chuck and Charles. More Where'd like, you peak in Canada, by the way? Because <laughs> we're number 92 in Canada. Of Ooh, interesting. Uh, we actually just probably, last tried. Probably nowhere near, <laughs> near that high. So we've got <laughs> the base covered in uh, Canada. I'm also somehow, I'm looking at this now, and we've been on the You're charts in Uzbekistan before. That's oh, awesome. Brazil is ours. Do not touch Brazil. We, we don't touch Brazil. 73 that's in our sphere of influence is Brazil. We, we, all right, Nick, Nick, here. we got to carve up like the we world map right now. And where We're going to we do can, some podcasting. Right, here's right, here's, here's, the, here's, here's the name mine. of the, the episode, Podcast Imperialism. We're going to just divide <laughs> the, the rest of the world up and uh, assign property to each of us. <laughs> Good wow, we peaked, at, we peaked at 30 in Finland. Probably because of the Pest Apollo episode, if we're being honest. Yeah, no, that was literally why. It happened right after that. They were like, holy shit, we got a Pest Apollo podcast? And they listened to it, and they were like, oh my god. It it was unintended clickbait. Can't explain peaking at 63 in Australia, but... Hey, good day, mate. Oh, I know why. It's because we had a bad word said on the podcast, not by any of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's why. (laughs) Said by our guest. <laughs> Shout out to Cat. <laughs> did we did we end up bleeping that? I forget. Yeah, yeah, we bleeped it. Okay. But then it was revealed what the word was later by saying the first letter of it. So sing it out to you. All right, Drew, outro. Alright. Thank you for listening to the Brews and Bruins podcast. Presented by Bruins Diehards. Presented by Bruins Diehards. Presented by I met that.